1: Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to get your fine Bills-related podcasts. We are so happy you took the time to find us on whatever platform you are listening as we on Believe get you caught up from week two of the NFL's preseason. That's right. The Buffalo Bills ran their preseason winning streak to seven consecutive games Woohoo! With a 41 to 15 trouncing of those Chicago Bears in the Windy City, I'm John Bacassino, welcoming on Jamie D'Amico as we bring you the highs and the lows from this game. Jamie, it was sure a lot of fun for uh, Bills fans to get to watch a game where they dominated in every aspect of the game.
2: They looked good, right? I mean, we're not seeing most of the starters out there, but if the backups can play that well, I'm feeling pretty good about the depth that the Bills are bringing to the table this year.
1: Yeah, if I had told you, I mean, I know, and look, I feel it was a little bit of an overblown uh, storyline with Trubisky, with Mitchell Trubisky returning to Chicago. It was low-hanging fruit for people that wanted to latch on to a, a story. I mean, clearly... This is a preseason game versus a guy who played four up and down seasons in Chicago after being the number two overall pick in 2017. But I I, I got to tell you, it must have felt pretty vindicating for Trubisky to go out there and hang up four touchdowns um, on Buffalo's first four drives of the preseason uh, week two victory and uh, kind of get a little bit of revenge. I'm sure he was happy about it. And
2: everything I've read, both before and after the game, his teammates really sort of recognized that that was something that they needed to do for him. And that really shows you how tight-knit this bunch is on the Buffalo Bills. It's definitely something that Sean McDermott has done a really great job of fostering. And even even though Trubisky is new to the roster this year, it's like they all wanted to help him make a statement. And his play, I've got to say, even though they were all basically short passes, he played with the rhythm. He was accurate. I really liked what I saw. And anybody who is wondering why they let Matt Barkley go, well, let that game speak for itself. Because he looked like he was in command the entire time out there. And God forbid something happens to Josh Allen over the course of the season where he ends up injured. My my two cents on it is, a backup has to be able to win fifty percent of the games he's in. I have the confidence that Mitch Trubisky can do that.
1: Yeah, I, I got to say, Jamie, I'm with you, and I was I was surprised at the lack of interest that Trubisky drew this off season, given how precious and scarce the quarterback position is for somebody who you know had two Pro Bowl appearances, got the Bears to the playoffs twice. Uh, In his four years and for, uh, you know, for his talents to not really command any sort of starter interest from the other 31 teams was surprising. But hey, I'm not going to complain because the Bills finally have a capable, competent backup quarterback. And you're right. Matt Barkley was instrumental in developing Josh Allen mentally and getting him into a place where he could make the transformation, along with, of course, Jordan Palmer, the the quarterback guru. Um, those two have played a key role in getting Allen to where he is. But when Allen went down, we saw that the Bills offense was just stuck in mud against the Patriots in week four. You know, they they could I mean, they they had many opportunities to win that game and what Trubisky brings to the Bills, again, I don't want to overhype a preseason game because it's not, it's just a different level of satisfaction you can draw in the preseason. But you can gauge it on what Trubisky did. He was incredibly efficient, 20 of 28 com- passing completions, 220 passing yards, one touchdown, and six scoring drives on his six possessions, including four touchdowns to start off the game you cannot ask more of a quarterback and Trubisky what he did yes there were short passes yes there were efficient passes but he grasps what Brian Dable wants to do with this offense and that's where your point is spot on If Josh Allen does have to miss time during the season, Trubisky can step in. And for a team that has thoughts of winning the Super Bowl, he is a great number two.
2: Absolutely. And you really saw the difference between him and the other two quarterbacks, Jake from State Farm and Davis Webb. They just were not on the same level. Now, granted, they were playing with different personnel. I get that. However, it just... With Trubisky on the field, it looked like the offense was on schedule the entire time. The ball was coming out when it needed to. He stayed in the pocket when he needed to. And he was putting it where his receivers could do something. The other guys, ooh, I I think they may have played themselves right off the roster, to be honest with you. I, I know they talked about the Bills keeping three quarterbacks at one point. It just doesn't seem possible now with especially with all the depth that they have on the defensive line, they're going to have to find roster spots somewhere. And I'm not sure I'm worried if another team comes and poaches Jake Fromm. Nobody's going to want Davis Webb after the way he played this past game. Um, I, I think that these guys... These guys, even if they lose both of them, I feel like the Bills can go out and find a Thad Lewis who could play better than
1: that. That's a really interesting point. I feel like now, granted, this also shows how expectations fluctuate week to week. Last week, we were singing the praises of Davis Webb and Jake Fromm for how they performed. Now, granted, it was Fromm's first ever NFL action, uh, and he did engineer. I mean, when it was fourth down last week, Jake Fromm was like a magic man. And Davis Webb really had it going on for most of his appearance against Detroit. But he was terrible yesterday, fumbling twice, uh, once can be blamed on a bad center exchange, but once was just inexcusable, running away from pressure, trying to elude the rush. Um, he looked inept uh, as the Bills quarterback. And Jake Fromm also was was terrible, uh, 3 of 7 for 20 yards. Some of that goes to The, you know, Bobby Hart turnstile saga continuing. I mean, my (laughs) goodness, cut, cut, cut this guy. I mean, honestly, people holding out hope that Bean, Brandon Bean can find trade value for Bobby Hart like he's done for a lot of his borderline cut projects in the past. Bobby Hart's almost saying, nah, I'm not going to let you trade me, coach. I'm going to play as bad and poorly as I can, and you're going to have to release me, and I can go choose where I want to play in the USFL or the CFL or some defunct league because Bobby Hart does not have a place on an NFL roster with how bad he has looked in the first two preseason games. You're you're right. He's
2: played himself, I think, right out of the league. He's been that bad. And, And there are times I think he... Last week he was going for a chop block and it looked like he just laid down. It's like what what was he even <laughs> doing on that? But you know, the the third and fourth stringers from both both teams that were playing the Bills had no problem getting around him and into the backfield. It's like, well, wait a minute. Didn't you have starting experience? Oh, yeah, I, I'm worried that he's going to get one of the quarterbacks hurt. And and that's why I feel like you got to get. I would
1: much that. rather put anybody else. And luckily, you know, there was some po- And we'll get to the positives um, from the offensive line. We'll get to the positives from the edge rushers and the pass rushers. But it just Bobby Hart was awful. He was uh, a sieve out there. Again, a rotating turnstile when it comes to the offensive line. But I don't know the Bills' quarterback situation now. I I feel so strongly about the one two. With Josh and Trubisky, that you're right. Maybe the Bills dedicate one of those precious 53-man roster spots to somebody else. Maybe it's a, a guy like a Reggie Gilliam who really had a strong day yesterday. Uh, maybe Marquez Stevenson um, has secured one of those 53-man spots. But I'd be hard pressed for the Bills to justify keeping Fromm or Davis Webb just based on the sheer disappointing play that they put forward against the Bears, mostly third and fourth stringers. Now, granted. Those guys for the Bears are fighting for roster spots. They are fighting for their roster lives, but so are Fromm and Webb. And that's why I think all things equal, I would say that you can let them go and you're not going to be remiss over losing one of those two quarterbacks.
2: So let me ask you this where does Mitch Trubisky rank? In the quarterbacks within the AFC East.
1: Wow, I mean, he's better than anybody the Jets have by far. I mean, I I dare <laughs> name name the Jets' backup quarterback behind the kid Zach Wilson. I mean, they did not bring in anybody who is a veteran. I don't think anybody in that quarterback room has played a snap in the NFL.
2: Correct. Cam Newton looked completely washed up after he had COVID last season. Uh, I don't know what uh, what Mac Jones is bringing to the table as of yet, and Tua Tagovailoa. Um, you know, he started well and definitely his play went downhill as the season went on. I wonder if Trubisky could be starting in Miami or New England right now. He could definitely be
1: starting in New York. And what a great luxury. I mean, I'll take it one step further. I think that, you know, he, Trubisky is you know, they, there were these silly polls that come out where they're like, who's got the best one, two quarterback tandem in the league. And the bills weren't getting a lot of respect. They were throwing it to like, I mean, any, Tom Brady with anybody, I think it's, um, I forget who the, the former Jaguars quarterback. Um, oh my goodness. Uh, Blaine, Blaine Gabbert, I think is still backing up uh, Brady and Tampa, but you have Chad Henney behind Patrick Mahomes in Kansas city. I'll take Trubisky over Henney any day of the week. Lamar Jackson has a bunch of nobodies, uh, including trace McSorley backing him up in Baltimore. I mean, the bills I think legitimately have the best one, two quarterback combo in the AFC right now. And that's such an invaluable thing because with the injuries that happen, I mean, my goodness, if, if Allen does go down for a long period of time, I feel a lot better about the offense with Trubisky than I ever would have with Barkley under center.
2: Right. And that's not to say Trubisky is a great quarterback. He aspires to be average. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all I need from my from my number 2. That's like you can carve out a very long career as a backup quarterback if you're just average.
1: Yeah, you can make a lot. I mean, look at uh, Chase Daniel, who is the preseason MVP, who's probably made $60 million during the course of an NFL career just backing up the starters. I mean, it's a very lucrative way to uh, to make a payday. And Trubisky is definitely, you know, he's got a lot riding on this season. so That's why I was so happy that the Bills brought him in a for a competent back up to Allen, but B, I like the revenge story. I like somebody getting a chance at redemption. And, you know, Brian Dable could be just the type of OC that coaxes the most out of Trubisky where he's a hot commodity next year.
2: Who knows? And that is exactly why Trubisky went to Buffalo. He looked at the coaching staff, saw what they did with Josh Allen and said, this is what I need to get my career back on track. And the interesting thing is, this is a one-year experiment. All sides know it. Brandon Bean made a mention of him getting his career back on track and came out and said he's only going to be here for one year. We're going to help him raise his value on the free agent market for next year. That's I, I like the way they're looking at it. They're they're definitely invested in each other for a very specific reason. They both want to get. The best situation possible for this year, knowing that they're going to move on next year. They're going to shake hands and say, Hey, thanks for everything. We'll see you on the field.
1: And it'll be totally worth it for that peace of mind and security for the Bills fans to know that their their season is not going to go down the down the drains if anything were to happen to their all pro quarterback in Josh Allen. It really was fun Jamie to watch Trubisky. And yes, it is a one-year deal. That's great. It, it really makes sense for all sides. You laid it out perfectly. Thanks for everything. Good luck in 2022. We will take everything we can get out of Trubisky in 21 as the Bills pursue that first Super Bowl championship in their long franchise history. Again, a long, long ways to go till that parade comes to Western New York, but you got to feel pretty good about what the Bills put on paper on Saturday, beating the bears 41 to 15. We mentioned Trubisky and the offense really clicking, uh, for the first time since the 2000 preseason, they scored touchdowns on their first four possessions. And that was thanks to Trubisky effectively marching the team up and down the field. The running backs yet again, had a pretty solid performance. Um, not Mm -hmm. a ton of yardage, but they also weren't in there for a long time. Devin Singletary, Zach Moss averaged seven yards per rush, 42 yards total on six carries. Singletary had a really impressive fourth and one conversion on a toss. Wasn't that a thing of beauty? I loved it because it looked like he was dead to right in the backfield. Oh my gosh. I, I was saying the same thing. I'm saying my prayers. Singletary's is going to lose yardage. The bills are going to turn the ball over. And that was a kind of key moment in the game, if you will, with uh, you know, the bills offense hadn't really gotten on track fully. And yet for Singletary to do what he did and turn that, potential loss into a 14-yard touchdown run with some cutbacks and some elusive maneuvers out there. It was really impressive to see the way that Motor got on track. He looked excellent
2: again, and uh, I think he may be in the process of winning the starting job, at least at the outset of the season. I know Zach Moss is coming off of an injury, and he still averaged, Zach Moss averaged five yards a carry himself, which was There's nothing to sneeze at, Um, but seeing Singletary get the starters reps out there, I'm feeling really good about the way he's playing right now. I'm not as high on Matt Breida. I, I feel like he looks very pedestrian out there. I know he had a touchdown and he's supposedly fast, but it doesn't look like he has the it factor that the other two running backs have when it comes to picking the hole, hitting it hard. Um, you know, making the right cut at the right time. Seems like he's the kind of guy who's going to need stellar offensive line play in order to really excel. I don't see stellar run blocking coming from the Bills offensive line. That's just not what they're built for. So I wonder, are they going to be paying attention to the waiver wire to maybe bring in somebody else? And also, where was Antonio Williams yesterday?
1: You know, that's an interesting question, um, and I, I don't necessarily know if I have an answer um, because I was so I again—I was so enamored with how Moss and Singletary uh, carried the, the lion's share of the running back duties that I really didn't give too much thought to the, the backups behind them. I mean, Antonio Williams, I don't think if he I don't think he's going to be in danger of going to another team. I think the Bills could sweep him through the practice squad. Um, off the, yes, he had the great game against the dolphins in week 17 when every offensive player, I mean, Matt Barkley threw what three or four touchdown passes in that week 17 victory. And he's, you know, not anyone that people are clamoring to get on their roster. I think Antonio could easily, you know, be slept through as kind of like a practice squad type guy, but. Rada has got to be a little concerning because you're right. The speed, you know, we've heard all preseason, all off season about that breakout speed. He's the fastest back the bills have had in quite some time. And I just haven't seen it uh, when he's been on the field. I think that the backs like Moss and Singletary are much better suited to run behind the, the, the scheme that the bills run offensively. And again, to their credit, both Moss and Singletary, Moss, especially in his preseason debut, I wanted to see what he was going to bring to the table. Um, That 11-yard run that almost made it to the end zone was really impressive. Uh, The way he carried the ball, the way he toted the rock was really a good performance from Moss. And, you know, you got to like what you see out of him. So I think the Bills are set at their 1-2. I don't think we need to have a clear 1A, 1B out of this backfield. It's going to be whoever has the hot hand gets the rock.
2: Yeah, and we saw last year where they only had... Two running backs, well, make it three if you count Taiwan Jones, the special team's ace. With TJ Yeldon inactive, that may end up being the role that Breida has this season. And there may be a reason that they didn't play Antonio Williams. Maybe the plan is to run him all game next week and never let him off the field because they're going to rest the other guys. Um, maybe they're just trying to keep some fresh legs and run him into the ground and then move them over to the practice squad or they like what they see from him so much that they're worried that putting tape out on him is going to get him poached by another team.
1: Yeah, the injuries are, are a huge concern for anybody uh, this time of year. The Bills, actually, the biggest loser for them, I feel like, uh, yesterday was the injury bug that went around. I mean, that was you know between Spencer Brown going down, Harrison Phillips was having himself a nice performance, and he had a knee injury. Uh, Marquez Stevenson, who had a great game as well, uh, both in the return game, uh, following up his encore uh, for his rookie performance. He had a really good encore follow up. He went down with an ankle foot injury. Uh, Dane Jackson, who has been thoroughly beaten for the CB2 job, went down with a stinger and Tommy Doyle had a knee as well. So these are really that's the thing. The Bills were lucky in week one to escape with very little injury news. Isaiah Hodgins was the main name. Losing five bodies like the Bills did on on Saturday with the Bears game, that's the worst thing you want to see out of one of these preseason games.
2: Yeah, we don't know what the severity is of these injuries as of yet, but there's a bunch of knee injuries and that's never a good thing. And I was I was really upset when I, I saw that Harrison Phillips was injured because he's my pick for the Bills' comeback player of the year this year. Um also, I don't know if you caught it, but at one point, Justin Zimmer went down holding his elbow, and that that caused me to have some brief daytime nightmares. Uh, fortunately, he was back on the field uh, a couple plays later, but the way he was writhing around holding his elbow that has that giant brace on it already, I thought, oh God, this can't be good. Not him. He's having such a great camp. And then, you know, wiped the sweat off my brow when he returned. But Harrison Phillips, no. They need that guy on the
1: field. I think Phillips is a sneaky pick for comeback player of the year for Buffalo for you know rising from the ashes. I mean, people have been writing off and speaking of his demise for for quite some time this offseason, and he really did play well against the Bears before that knee injury forced him out of the game. He looked great when he was in action. Uh, he had a pass breakup. He batted down a big pass on the first series. He had a couple of big run stuffing plays as well.
3: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
1: It really, Jamie, was all part of an incredibly impressive performance for Buffalo's defensive line against the Bears They never let Andy Dalton get comfortable. They never let the Bears offense get into a rhythm. And I'm going to throw something at you. Ooh, I'm excited. Greg Russo. We all know the the raw potential and the talent that he oozes uh, out of his, his abilities on the field. And he put it on display against the Lions in week one. He took it to another level against the Bears in week two. In just nine total snaps that he played, he had a sack and three quarterback hits. Nine snaps to do all that, Jamie. That's impressive.
2: Yes. And the thing that I liked about him is the way he set up his moves. And he knows how to use his power. Let me illustrate something for you here verbally. One of his moves is he begins a wide move, creates space between he and the right tackle, and then... He turns, puts his sights directly on the right tackle, hits him in the chest, marches him backwards. He did that regularly in the first week and the second week, and I loved seeing it because that's showing me that that's a guy who is reacting to the situation, not thinking about what he's going to do ahead of time. The best pass rushers are the ones that hand fight and counter move Based on what the other guy is doing, not deciding ahead of time. Well, I'm going to do a swim move on on this down, and and yeah, you know, I'm going to do a rip move on this down. That those aren't the those aren't the best pass rushers out there. It's the guys that do it on the fly, like he did. I'm not saying he's great. I'm not saying you know I'm not anointing him to anything. I am saying that I like the development.
1: Remember that time back in the day when the argument was Boogie Basham was the more pro ready edge rusher and Russo was going to take time to develop. Yeah, neither do I because what Russo has done through the first two preseason games has been incredibly impressive. Now to be fair, Boogie had himself quite a game as well as did all of the young edge rushers. AJ Epinesa had a fantastic uh, game for himself where he bulldozed the left tackle for the bears, made him look like he was a a chump change out there and and forced Andy Dalton uh, into an incompletion for a turnover on downs. Uh, really solid game. He made Elijah Wilkinson look foolish uh, when he just completely manhandled him with basically one arm uh, in route to getting to Andy Dalton. Great performance. I mean, literally he he could have had one hand tied behind his back and he just bulldozed his way into the quarterback. He won a lot of his one-on-one battles. Epinesa did uh, really had a solid performance. So I got to tell you, Jamie, the more I see Epinesa Russo and Basham dominating, and I know it's only the preseason, but It makes me wonder what to do about Mario Addison.
2: Well, I think you keep Mario Addison because you want to have those waves upon waves of players coming in. His contract with the guaranteed money this year makes him awfully difficult to trade. Um, And I think what is going to end up happening is there's going to be a trickle-down effect. What are they going to do with Daryl Johnson? The guy has been playing tremendously. Looks like he has developed and taken steps forward every season so far. He's a guy who you loved to use. I really
1: did. It's hard to admit when I'm wrong, but I just don't think that there's a place for for Johnson uh, on this on this team with how stacked Are you going to keep 10 defensive ends? I mean, I, I don't think so.
2: Somebody's getting traded. I I think somebody's going to the IR and somebody's getting traded, and I think it's Boogie who's going to have a I'm doing air quotes here an injury before the season starts.
1: Well, that would give him time to develop and give him that red shirt type of year because I feel like ah, the Bills have so much potential now on this defensive line. It's great to see. It was really encouraging to watch, and the Bills had four sacks. I believe they had 12 quarterback hits. Uh, somebody named Brandon Bryant had one and a half sacks. Um, I know I know who he is, but when you read the box square, you're like, wait, Brandon Bryant, another forgotten defensive end, uh, defensive tackle on this roster. But it was great to see the way that they just pushed around the Bears offensive line. What else stood out to you, Jamie? We've given a lot of credit to Trubisky, to the ground game, to the edge rushers. What else stood out to you in a positive way?
2: I, I think seeing... The depth at receiver and uh Isaiah McKenzie really kind of coming to life is is something that I needed to see. Um I, I needed to be comfortable in him stepping into the starting lineup if somebody gets injured. And I'm there with him. The other thing that stood out to me though, it I'm doing like a a a good cop, bad cop thing here is the guy who they talk about having such a great camp and never drops the ball, Jake Kumaro dropped two passes, which I was kind of shocked by. Um, his roster spot seems safe at this point. However, he's got to squeeze the ball when it comes in. So that that stood out to me as well. Yeah,
1: that was concerning with uh, Kumaro having the drops. I know he did have the touchdown catch on a four-yard reception uh, from a pass from Trubisky as well. But you got to hang on to the rock when it's thrown your way. Speaking of McKenzie's punt gaffe, the muff was troubling for sure, but he put that thing so quickly behind him. He had two other great punt returns. He had seven catches for 72 yards as the team's leading receiver. I love Isaiah McKenzie. He is not in jeopardy of losing his punt return, kick return job, although Marquez Stevenson has definitely given him a run for the money. And I say, you know what, it's great to have two guys who can do that because injuries. You're one injury away from being down to a, a vulnerability at the return game and knowing that Stevenson can step up. I mean, that punt return was electric when he took it to the house. I mean, it was such a great play. His wheels and his speed were on full display for everyone to see. And it was so great to see Stevenson get on track and get that punt return, because I tell you, the Bills could keep seven receivers with Stevenson. They could. They could. They could. I also enjoyed
2: seeing how they used Reggie Gilliam. Yes. They really have him fully in a fullback position, handing the ball off to him. He had a 10-yard run at one point, using him as a blocker, using his athleticism out there. I, I really like the versatility that he's bringing to the team, also playing special teams. I think he's a player who can probably help out. On Sundays,
1: I am so glad you brought up Gilliam. I've been kind of ringing his bell for the last couple of weeks trying to advocate for him to make the roster as a Swiss Army knife, jack of all trades guy. I think he definitely did himself a lot of favors with the performance on Saturday, uh, carving out a roster spot. I think that he has a really good chance to make the 53-man roster, and maybe it comes at the expense of a guy like Matt Breda. I mean, who knows? Yeah.
2: I mean if they find that Gilliam can give them some good reps at running back, man, eh, you know, it it might that might be the case. Now, I do want to see more speed on the field. You know, I I would hate to eliminate a fast guy for a slower guy, but if the slower guy's more productive, what are you going to
1: do? And that block that he did for Zach Moss to get free for his near touchdown run, that was all Gilliam opening up a a huge hole for Zach to go through. That was really impressive. Uh, from what I saw. Now, Jamie, we can't all be rose-colored glasses optimistic, and we talked about, very quickly, some of the negatives. What else, to you, was a negative from the game on Saturday?
2: I'm not feeling great about the offensive line in general. Uh, They seemed to hold up pretty well early in the game, but that was because of the quick passing. I don't know where this is going to go, but especially, gosh, I I was going to say, especially the tackles. Spencer Brown acquitted himself pretty well, but there were times that there were just absolute jailbreaks happening. They need better depth. Uh, On the O line.
1: I will say Spencer Brown did, and not to go back to positive, but he did impress me with how he held up against Khalil Mack, who was a surprise starter, in my opinion, because why would you start Mack when, you know, almost everybody else is riding the pine, you know, of the key all pro type starters out there. But I thought Brown did very well seeing time at both left and right tackle, especially at right tackle doing well against Mack and some of the Bears' other starters. But I agree, I'm worried about the depth on the offensive line, Um, especially we've mentioned Bobby Hart, how poor his play has been. I don't know if the Bills can scour those cut down moves and see if anyone can come in and maybe just be open competition to be an improvement over uh, Bobby Hart or somebody else on the offensive line. But that was definitely troubling to me. Another thing that's troubling, not to the point where I'm afraid uh, for where the season's headed, but Dawson Knox, again. Dropping the ball. The very first drive of the game, we've heard all about this tight end university he went to. We heard all about the corrective eye procedure he went through to improve his vision and make sure that these drops weren't going to happen. And then the very first drive of the game, he drops a Trubisky pass early on in the contest. He did make his next catch for a 10-yard gain. But when you factor in the drops and you factor in how well Jacob Hollister looked I mean Hollister had 53 receiving yards on I think five catches and looked really solid out there maybe we start talking about the TE competition as being Hollister coming up pretty quick on Dawson Knox
2: we'll see but the the drops in general were were bothersome squeeze the damn ball boys
1: all you got to do man it's not that complicated right right
2: Overall, though, encouraging performance. I, I'm glad that we are nitpicking a little bit because that's what the preseason is for. Uh, but overall, it was a good performance. I'm happy with where the Bills are right now.
1: Another negative, just to keep it real, was Saran Neal. I mean, he basically was single-handedly responsible for the, the Bears' first touchdown on that deep ball from Dalton to Rodney Adams. That I'm sorry to interrupt, but that was a great catch. That was a great catch. Oh, it was. It was an incredible catch by Adams, and Dalton put the ball on the money, but Neal did not do himself any favors with the – I mean, he got burned initially, uh, and he had to make up ground that he never was able to make up. He failed to get his head turned around to make a good play on the ball. Again, we're nitpicking. We have to come up with some negatives. That, to me, just kind of irked
2: me. Yeah, yeah, he didn't get his head around, but it, it still was a great
1: catch. Now, I will say, too, if you want to you know, split hairs, another issue that was kind of troublesome was he's incredibly athletic, and I get it, but Justin Fields, before Andre Smith leveled a huge hit on him, uh, he was running wild against the Bills defense, four carries for 46 yards. I know the Bills probably didn't think about game planning specifically for the rookie quarterback, but... The Bills could have done a little better, bringing down the dynamic playmaker for the Bears. But again, we're splitting hairs. It was a 41 to 15 victory. We have to pick some things to be critical of.
2: And they weren't game planning for a mobile quarterback. You know, that's something that if it were in season, they would have an answer for
1: well, Jamie, it's uh, been a, a lot more positives than negatives. We could have gone a lot deeper on a lot of the positives, including honorable mentions for Demar Hamlin, who teamed up with Tyler Matikavich on a big fumble recovery that led to a touchdown early in the first half. Uh, Rashad Wild Goose and Nick McLeod did a great job uh, in the second half of coverage, especially with Wild Goose being as physical as he was and McLeod making a big interception. So I feel like the Bills' depth definitely showed through and getting to 2-0 on the preseason. And Jamie, we only have one more preseason game left to evaluate who's going to make the roster and who's going to have a chance to make a big impact in 2021. That, of course, coming up in week three versus the Green Bay Packers. But thanks for your insights as we got a, a lot of fun talk here on Bill Eve, breaking down a pretty fun victory.
2: Man, it was a good time. Let's do it again next week.
1: Same bat time, same bat channel here on Bill Eve, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. (laughs) Uh, uh, uh,